Let's do this. Okay. You guys sounded amazing. We're going to move a little faster this morning because it's the 4th of July and people have things to do, places to go, food to eat, mistakes <laughs> to grill. Wesley, do you want to bless this for us? Good morning, Lord. Good morning. Amen. Amen. I want to I wanna share something that has been in my heart, and then I, I talked about this on Tuesday on the class, about the old wine is better. And the title looks a little weird because we're so many times we, we take that parable of Luke 5, and we understand that, you know, we have to be new wine scenes getting ready for the new wine. Right? If you remember the parable. And, but I want to I bring some ideas here on the table to make you think about the context of what was going on. Okay, what was going on is, it's almost like a conflict between Jesus and the Pharisees. And they were always arguing on the way that Jesus was teaching his disciples and the, the way that they were teaching their disciples. Okay? And then at the end of uh, this passage in Mark, uh, Luke 5, 39, he says, and this is the New American Standard Version, but new wine must be put in fresh wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, wishes for new. Right? It makes sense. After you have tasted a good old wine, you don't want a new wine. And he says, for he says, the old is good enough. But some translation says, they say, the old is better. The old wine is better. So that's why I love that song before the word, Beat Down My Vision. Because I was thinking about a lot of times, it's so easy to get busy and to come up with things to do. But being busy does not mean that you're effective. <laughs> being busy a lot of times is just distraction. What you need to do is look to what really matters. You know, what really means to be effective. And I think that this is what I want to talk about this morning. That, that we have to shift our vision back to the old wine. To what really matters. To what is the better. The best for us. So, what was going on here is, we have the Torah, the written law. And then the tradition of the elders and the, the Jews, the rabbis, the teachers, they came up with the oral law. 
or the teaching that they would pass from generation to generation, and they would always add something. You know, so you have the fast of Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Everybody would fast. You know, and then you will have other fasts that are in Leviticus, in the Old Testament. But then the oral tradition, they would add other fasts. And they would add other requirements. They would add other things that people had to do. Like, for instance, wash your hands. It's not in the Bible, but it, it, it became a tradition of the elders to have everybody wash their hands before the meal. Okay, so I, I want to talk about this because let's go to Mark 7, 1 to 7. The Pharisees and some of the scribes gathered around him when they had come from Jerusalem and had seen that some of his disciples were eating their bread with impure hands without washing them. That is, unwashed. For the, the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they carefully wash their hands, thus observing the traditions of the elders. Okay? Track with me. So the Pharisees are watching the disciples of Jesus, and they're eating, you know, and they're not washing their hands. And then they, they get upset. Have you ever seen anybody upset because you're not doing what they want you to do? Oh, yeah. You know, but why, why do I have to do what you want to do? If you want to get busy doing this, it's your problem. So they come and, and, and question Jesus. Jesus, how come you're not teaching your disciples according to the traditions of the elders? Uh... For they carefully washed their hands, thus observing the traditions of the elders. And when they had come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they cleanse themselves. And there are many other things which they have received in order to observe. In other words, they keep adding to the list. They keep adding to the list of the traditions. They keep making things up. Let's keep everybody busy. <laughs> You know, and then we, we, we watch if they're going to do it or not. Okay? Such as the washing of cups and pitchers and copper pots. The Pharisees and the scribes ask him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders? But they eat their bread with impure hands. And he said to them, Rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites. As it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. So now with this context, we're going to read about the old wine. And then you understand that the parable of the old wine is dealing with the same issue here. They are questioning Jesus why he was not following the traditions of the elders. And the, the, the context here is very clear that they knew that the temple worship 
was not being done correctly. They, they knew that there were issues. They, they knew that what was going on in the market, you know, the tables, you know, selling the sacrifices and using the Father's house for a, a marketplace was not correct. And they were all looking for a revival. They were all looking for something to happen and to change in what was going on around the temple. Okay? And then the Pharisees' solution was, let's get busy. Let's institute more laws. You know, wash your hands, wash the cups, do this, do the other thing, you know, and more fasts. Let's fast twice a week, you know, because we have to get busy. You know, it makes me think about Mary and Martha. Martha was busy, but she was missing the point. And the Pharisees were getting busier. But I think that they were also missing the point. And that, that's what was the conflict that was happening here. And Jesus was saying, it's better for you to go back to the old wine. The old wine is just what is written. What is in the scriptures. Okay? So let's go to Luke 5.33. And they said to him, the disciples of John often fast and offer prayers. The disciples of the Pharisees also do the same. But yours eat and drink. Your disciples are eating and drinking. You know, they're celebrating. They're not doing all these other things. They're not getting busy with all these traditions of the elders. How come? And Jesus said to them, You cannot make the attendance of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them. Can, can you? You know, you, the bridegroom is like a celebration of life. You're there celebrating the most important day of the groom. You know, so you're not going to be fasting and praying. You're going to be celebrating the marriage, right? But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them. Then they will fast in those days. The day will come for my, my disciples to fast when I'm not here. Does it make sense? And he was also telling them a parable. No one tears a piece of cloth from new garment and puts in an old garment. Otherwise, he will tear, both tear the new and the piece from the new will not match the old. Another translation says, you know, if you put a piece of new cloth in an old garment and then you wash that one, once you wash, that new cloth is going to shrink because it has not been tested yet and will rip the old garment. So you're going to be without the new and without the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. 
if you mix the old and the new, something is going to go wrong. So he was not condemning the old. He was saying, let's go back to the old. Let's go back to the roots. Let's go back to the foundations. Let's go back to what was given to us from God and not what was added by the traditions of the elders. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst, and the skins in it will be spilled out, and the skins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, wishes for, for the new, for he says, the old wine is better. I was listening to the radio, and, you know, I, I was listening to a, a Christian radio, I confess. And there was this lady, you know, talking about this parable, and, and how we have to be ready for the new, and ready for the new, and, and I'm just, you know, because I, I, I did a series of the parables of Jesus in context, and how many times people teach the parables out of context. And then you're missing what's really going on. And, and you know, so she was going on and on about this, the new wine. And we have to be ready for the new wine. And I'm, I'm like, I don't want a new wine. <laughs> I want to go back to the old wine because the old wine is better. And I don't want to keep adding, adding on top of what God already gave us. It's perfect. His word is perfect. And so perfect that we can here 2,000 years later applied the same lesson that Jesus was talking to the Pharisees. Say, hey, what you're doing, the way you're approaching this is not going to work. It's not going to bring the revival that you're looking for. What you need to do is go back, be new wineskins to receive the old wine. You need to always be ready to go back to the old because the old is better. In Ephesians 4, and you guys, I know you're probably tired of me reading that. But here is the same thing. I, I, I made a comment last Sunday, I'm going to go back to it because I think it was like, wow, wait. You know, this is uh, Paul writing to the Ephesians and saying, then we will no longer be immature children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. Christ was confronting the Pharisees and Paul was warning the churches, I'm going to equip you. We're going to equip the saints so they're not going to be tossed here and there by new teachings. New traditions. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. So what Paul was saying here is like the saints must be equipped with an understanding of the scriptures. Otherwise people will come with, I got this idea here. Let's do this. Let's get busy. Let's fast. Let's do this, the other thing. Let's wash hands. Let's become more religious. 
That's not what we want to do. We want to go back to be down my vision. You lead us. You are the living water. You are the word made flesh. You have given us already. And we, I don't want to get busy. Right? I want to be effective. So I want to be like Mary. And Jesus said, she chose the good part. You know, and that's what we want to do here this morning. Say, Lord, we want to come to you. It's not as much as what we can do. We will do. We will read the Bible. We will study. We will come together and worship. We will, you know, fast if the Lord leads you to fast. You know, but what we are going to do is we're going to learn to have you as the center of our lives. And partake of what you have done. Because we, nothing we do, nothing we will ever do, will not even match or be comparable. Not, that's not even, you know, but it can never bring to us a sense that we are doing something to complete what he did not finish. What he did was completed was complete and, and total. But when we come, instead of relying on our own resources and our own abilities, we come and say, it is by grace so that no one, no one may boast. Amen? Amen. Brief. <laughs> but I hope this helps you. You know, this is not like a preaching, but this is a lesson to make you think. <laughs> and when go back and say, next time you read something in the Bible that does not make a lot of sense, try to find a context. Try to compare with other passages. And say, this, if I interpret this this way, it's going to go against what he was actually saying in this other passage here. And they cannot be contradicting each other. Amen? Amen? So what we, I believe, is we are, we have these passages for us today. They are instructions for us today. And a lot of times, it's so easy to try to, you get anxious. I, I think I need to do some, something more. <laughs> you know, we need to do something less. No, we will as we are led by the Lord. But the Lord will lead us and be faithful to lead us, but we're going to trust in him above everything. Amen.